0: We're watching movies now. We kind of broke our brains. So we're just watching movies now. Hello, and welcome to Angry Little Goats. I'm Eliza Skinner.
1: I am Will Weldon, and welcome everyone to the ninth annual Goaty Awards. I don't know.
0: Come on, don't uh, make that face.
1: Uh, I was actually trying to figure out if it's a pre-existing song or not. As regular yeah. listeners know, it's uh now a yearly tradition for us to present the Goaties. Uh, the awards, of course, have not been without controversy. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, Gervais hosted the first three years, and it's uh, no longer welcome.
1: That year, we gave all the awards to uh. And the clown still laughs. Is that what it's called? And the clown still laughs. The clown laughs last. Um, there was of course oh, is
0: that the uh uh Jerry Lewis movie.
1: Uh, yes. Um, uh, there was of course uh the year. I don't know. You know, sometimes you go and you're like, I can do some improv, and then you're like, <laughs> I just. I don't do that anymore, you know?
0: I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you had something written because I felt like when I started talking, you were like, oh no, I was just gonna work in.
1: Here's what I had written. Welcome okay. to the ninth annual Goaty Awards.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I threw in that Gervais thing. I, I momentarily forgot about your um online beef with him.
1: Who, Whom among us does not have some sort of online beef with Ricky Gervais, even he if has, it's just a beef with the mere presence of him? On well, the- he's
0: he has certainly never tweeted at me um, and uh, suggested that I am. And, and commented on my comedy album, as he did for you.
1: Yeah, but he didn't really. So th- um, f- anyone who is listening, Well, when my uh, right before my album came out, I uh, Ricky Gervais was name searching himself and uh, came (laughs) upon a tweet. I did not at him about how I think he's maybe the most brittle human being alive. And he just tweeted something like this guy has an album coming out in a month and uh, just sort of posts at me. And I didn't even get a lot of like hate. Like it was not (laughs) I remember being like, oh, maybe this will at least no sales boost, no mentions Mm. like I just I was like, truly, I must be box office poison. If the most brittle man with also the worst fans, I can't even muster outrage from these people. How am I ever expect to put butts in seats if I can't even put insults into my mentions?
0: Well, speaking of butts in seats, we have some awards here.
1: The first award. For best butt in best seat, of mm-hmm. course, goes to a man I saw on the bus nine months ago. Uh, no One go time
0: ahead. I took a bus from New York back home to Richmond. And when I got on the bus, there was only one seat left and it was wet. But, it ha- but someone had put one of those like plastic, um, like thank you shopping bags. You know what I'm talking about? Those thin plastic yeah. shopping bags. Say like thank you a million times. Put that on it. And so I just sat on that for whatever 7 hours. That was very unpleasant.
1: I also am the type of person where if I'm like a fa- at a fast food place and there's one table and it's dirty, I either sit at the dirty table or just go eat in my car. Mm-hmm. Like I I would never I would never be like my seat is wet. To well, I mean
0: the bus was full. There was no nothing I could right. do. It was like you want to take the seat, or do you want to go back, get back out on the street?
1: I mean, okay, so I will. Um, here's a here's a here's a, a spur of the moment uh, improvised Goatee Award. Um, the uh Godi, uh the Goatee Award for uh dirtiest seat I've ever seen in a movie theater goes to. <laughs> The two that uh, my wife and I purchased when we went to go see Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm not going to say the name of the theater. They don't need because I went and got somebody and he cleaned it up. I actually just asked. I was like, do you have like some paper towel and like a spray bottle I could clean our disgusting seats with? And he was like, I'll clean the seats like. Hmm. um, But th- it was they were covered in mustard.
0: Huh? Yeah. Have I ever told you about my first date? No. It was not a movie. Was
1: he covered in mustard?
0: No. Um. I, it was. That a, sounds it was, like a home
1: run date. It me. was a
0: concert.
1: Was a big pretzel? Um,
0: and he was a he was a Mormon boy. My first okay. boyfriend was Mormon. It was um, very unsatisfying. Um, <laughs> but we went to see this concert, and um, uh, it was the Smithereens were playing, and the guy behind us barfed on me. So that. That was a pretty gross theater seat, but it wasn't a movie theater seat. It was just like a regular theater.
1: What, it was like a theater. I don't know the yeah. It was a, like a, a band in a theater.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like a big like performing arts center.
1: Was it like a a fabric, a chair covered Yeah, fabric? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it was like one of those like old theaters. But here's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. So this trash dude behind me mm-hmm. and some girl and he throws up all over us. Uh, I just had to throw my scarf out because that was too soaked in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, very embarrassed because I'm on my first date anyway, so I'm going to be embarrassed about everything. But that, yeah. like, really, uh, you know, in any circumstance, you're going to be
1: sure moved. Who's, who's more to blame? Upon. Who's more to blame for that incident than you are in that kind of situation?
0: <laughs> well, as a woman, that is what I'm taught.
1: Sure, so, and you were probably what, like, seventeen?
0: Hey, I was what? like fifteen.
1: I don't, I don't know.
0: I, come on. I was, I, guess, I was cool. I guess
1: I, I guess I sort of separated dates from like high school dating, I guess. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, you know, I, I mean, it was a, definitely a, favorite. like,
0: we're going to a thing. Sort yeah. Of date. Um, so a couple years later, the guy who threw up transferred to the same high school that I was in. And uh, we, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. And he was like. I did. And I was like, that was me. He barfed on me.
1: Oh, so he was, he was the same age as you. He was a couple of years older. Was he just like really excited? No, he was trashed. Oh, okay. Right. I guess, again, I'm looking at my own high school. I My high school was like one of the lamest high schools in the world, I think. Cause like, you know, people would like drink beers and but nobody, there just was not, I shouldn't say that. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, you could buy Coke easier than you could buy weed <laughs> when I was in high school in Calgary. So uh, I maybe should uh, direct uh, direct all that judgment exclusively inward at myself. I remember being so afraid I almost started crying because we were like driving around uh, shooting out streetlights with a, a pellet gun. And I was like in the backseat, like ready to throw up because I was so, so afraid. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, since now, uh, since we are in the midst of award season.
1: Oh, that's that's a little that's a little banter to open the show a little. Hey, uh, who's this? Uh, who do we got here in the front row? Huh?
0: Yeah, nice. that was the opening monologue. Yeah. Um,
1: so I see and, Ed Harris is here. That's yeah. an old guy.
0: Any thoughts on the Joe Coy opening monologue for the Globes? Um, I put a okay. bunch online in that I feel like. I mean, it was practically a setup. That guy should not have been hosting that show.
1: Joe, Joe, Joe Coy gave such a uh, such a lackluster performance that you really have to make sure you leave a space, a pause in between Joe and Coy, just to make sure you don't accidentally say Joe Coy, so you don't even get a joke in there.
0: Okay, wow. Um, so you okay. wrote for the show.
1: Uh, well, I do know somebody. We both know somebody who wrote for the show. Yeah. Uh, it um, look, it was true what he said. They didn't have a lot of time, and I also would i I wouldn't be surprised if there is if there is not like a stack of good jokes that the it was producer- not at
0: all about the quality of jokes. You could, he could get he could have gotten up there and told knock knock jokes, and if he had the right attitude and the right way to sell them, it would have worked. That is all about. It's like the biggest celebrities. I believe it's the one um, show uh, probably the critics people Choice also, where, where people can drink. Yeah. So a lot of them are sauced, um, but at this point they've been roasted. It's become this thing where they get roasted at that show every year. So they're all really tight and they're all really worried about like, what are you going to say? So you come out there and you assure them right away. You're not roasting them um, and you're making fun of yourself and, and the industry in general and they'll let you do whatever, especially if you're worried because you're not as famous as them, which I also feel like was an issue. felt like yeah. he was like, oh, geez, how do I measure up here?
1: It, yeah, It. Um. It, and and also the Globes. Like, I think they probably axed a bunch of good jokes because I I do think the producers were probably terrified of, because, you know, the Golden Globes have developed a reputation as the racist sex pest uh, organization. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I- I'm I, surprised
0: they came back. I thought they were, I thought we were kind of like, that's a wrap
1: on them. Yeah, I was praying. Um, but uh, yeah, because I also think all of the all of the like, ooh, Ricky Gervais. And it, it's like the joke. Joe Coy was to me not any worse than pretty much. Any of the like Ricky Gervais years like those years, by the end, I would not even watch the video because it's like it, nothing. There was nothing that interesting that he was. It's not like he was like really getting anybody. Like he was like, well, like oh, so Robert much... Wagner is here. Um, for you know, uh, unfortunately, he did not I bring drives. the location of Natalie Wood's body with him. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I mean, I think that, uh, like so much of comedy, we've lost the thread of the main job is to be entertaining and funny. Mm. Yes. Um, and if if the best if you're really good at being entertaining and funny, roasting people great but if it's just shock then that's not necessarily entertainment but yeah. what is entertainment are the nominees and winners for our goody awards today
1: that's right um of course what is a goody if not a great old award to immediately express shock because mm-hmm. we have some big 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 winners that are going to startle and amaze. Perhaps we should rename these awards from the Goaties to the Ripley's, because believe it or not, these are the awards and these are the winners.
0: Our first award.
1: Uh, I'm not done yet. Uh, okay. No. Uh, uh, our,
0: our first sorry, award is for television show I most resisted the urge to rewatch while I was depressed. It was a pretty important category this past year. Uh, Lots of opportunities for very intense depression. Um, A lot of need for comfort shows.
1: Following a worldwide pandemic up with a strike that asked uh, some of us to walk back and forth uh, uh, in a 100 degree heat has, I think, left uh, left an opening for a lot of TV shows that perhaps were not good for us the first time to sneak their ways back into our lives hmm. and thus comes this category uh, uh Eliza, if you would like to start with your winner.
0: Okay. well uh, I had there were a lot of uh a, a lot of honorable mentions, a lot of almost winners, the leftovers, station 11, True Blood, Midnight Mass. Could not give the award to any of those because I did not, in the end, resist the urge to rewatch them. Um, The one that I did want to rewatch and didn't was also my number one comfort show, Jim Henson's The Storyteller.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Henson's The Storyteller is not here to receive this award. In its place (laughs) will be Eliza Skinner.
0: Uh, this show was great, very moody, um, kind of dark, and uh, more slow-paced than a lot of children's entertainment, um, and like real folk tales, kind of more adult than the fairy tales that we get from Disney. So,
1: Jim Henson's the storyteller, uh, a huge win, a shocking win.
0: <laughs> Have you seen it ever?
1: No, I don't even know what it is. Okay. And- <laughs> Now,
0: thank you for your interest. <laughs> Who did, who's your winner?
1: Is it an old one? Is it like one of his yeah. first
0: ones? Is it's it not it... one of his first ones, but it was like after once he was really rolling. So, post um, Muppet Show, when people were like, you can do, he can do no wrong. So, they would give him. A little bit of extra leeway and it was this show where a storyteller is um in sort of a little cottage by the fire telling stories to his big shaggy dog dog voiced by Brian Henson hmm. um now and... both of these
1: both of these figures are Muppets
0: no the oh. the storyteller is an actual human oh. um and each and they would use a whole lot of different types of puppetry like shadow puppets and marionettes and you know all all kinds of um different methodology so it was also an opportunity to try out working with different types of puppets um and it's i think it's beautiful also but it it is still low budget i mean it does look canadian even though it's not
1: i know but... exactly what you mean by that. <laughs>
0: i knew you would <laughs>
1: i cannot emphasize enough exactly what i know you mean by that
0: but it's one of those shows that like when i get the when i get those uh the dark sads um i i could put that on and it'll make me feel a little better
1: is this what was your winner is this dark crystal era henson Did probably kind of around that eat into yeah, that? yeah. Uh, serious Henson, uh, so my winner, there were many great shows, uh, all of which I resisted the urge. Well, no, all of which I, I resisted the urge to rewatch in 2023. One of which was adventure time, which I don't think of as a negative to not rewatch. I just was really trying to push myself to watch things I hadn't seen before. Um. But Adventure Time is good, Uh, unlike some of the other also Rands in the category, uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. That's a perverse uh, (laughs) option.
0: That makes you feel better when you're depressed?
1: It's not about feeling better. Oh, Uh, okay.
0: That makes uh, you feel um, as though you are with another depressed friend?
1: um, It's just, um, uh, just to live in a state of equilibrium that is bad. Okay. Uh of course uh, there was how I met your mother um a show uh which my wife has uh, in jest compared me to the main character of that show um and it uh really uh, eats at me something fierce.
0: I mean if he was played by Larry David, yeah, I could see that.
1: Have you watched How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Yeah, there's um, uh, there's a story arc on that show where his ex-wife makes his her his ex there's a his ex-wife and that it's his ex-wife's husband or his ex-fiance's fiance's husband makes a movie about her dumping him, which uh really 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 bothered me wrote for that show. So no, new girl. <laughs> yes. New girl.
0: Um,
1: and then uh, my final also ran was uh, Vanderpump Rules, a show I uh, have become to be disgusted by as uh, being the same roughly the same age as them. I, I reach a point where I'm uh, uh, having to grow up uh, and the fact that they cannot really troubles me. But at the end of the day, there can only be one winner that. I would have been a loser for watching. And that of course goes to HBO's entourage.
0: Ah, yeah, that's a a very traditional male choice. Yes, congratulations, HBO's Um, entourage.
1: Of course, entourage is not here to accept the award. (laughs) Accepting the award on its behalf is, of course, Will Weldon. I just like to say that I hate Entourage. Uh, one of the things I hate the most about it is that I do believe the second season is a genuinely good season of television, which I can defend uh, uh, to just about anybody, and that somehow makes it all worse. Um,
0: Who's the main guy in that? Who was also in Devil Wears Prada?
1: Adrian Grenier.
0: Yes, he, you know he lived with John Daly. They were roommates. Really. Mm-hmm.
1: It's weird. Um, <laughs> <a> weird <laughs> combo. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, and I will say that, uh, a part of the problem is that Vince is the main character. Um, instead of it being the proper show, it should be in which it is a, a show through the eyes of a normal person satirizing all the other characters. It is in fact, uh, as the third season goes on, it really becomes a show where you look and you're like, aren't these guys great? And isn't it great to hang out with your buds? (laughs) Um, no, nothing, uh, very few, very few shows insult me as deeply as Entourage does when it looks me in the face and go, aren't you genuinely concerned that Turtle won't get his tequila business off the ground?
0: Oh, also Turtle used to live in my neighborhood and, um, I would see him walking his dogs when I was walking my dog. Um, and I was like, and he, he called him cute and I was like, ah, Turtle likes my dog.
1: A little guy giving props to a little guy.
0: Exactly. He has and, very. He had very small little dogs. Uh,
1: and now which we to him were
0: probably very big dogs,
1: or very normal sized dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we move on to the next award, which is most soul annihilating reality variety or game show. And Eliza, your winner is it's
0: the Squid Games reality show. Mm. Um, n- nothing says um dy- dystopic reality like actually making the dystopic reality show from a few years ago. Um, Watching this show, I couldn't help but continually remember a competitive reality show that I worked on that never made it to air in which we became more and more convinced that someone was going to uh, get injured severely or possibly die. Um, They were doing physical challenges and after they did the challenges, they started saying things to the hosts like, how am I getting home? Where am I? And we were like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is bad. But they were willing, like just seeing how hard people were willing to go for money was like just just really bold-faced post-capitalist dystopia, like real real bummer stuff. <laughs> you shouldn't have to. Uh, be that desperate for a suitcase of money.
1: Yes. Um, I think uh, perhaps the most incise criticism of the uh, game show, Squid Game, The Challenge, reality competition, is a little scene television show called Squid Game
0: really <laughs> yeah, exactly. hammers home
1: all the problems with Squid Game, the I challenge like, reality. Wait, we're
0: really just doing this? Okay, I mean, I guess it's good they're not dying, but that's the only difference. It's still like, how hard will you hurt someone else for you to get money?
1: I, I do think um, Netflix needs a button. A, a It needs two watch options. It needs watch now and watch now, but only because I want to see... If this is as bad as I expect it to be,
0: like, like don't let this change my algorithm. Yeah. And
1: yes. what is your
0: what is your winner, Will?
1: Um, uh, my winner is a show. It uh, actually came out in 2022, but I what became, the fuck I became familiar with it over the last year.
0: Okay, it counts.
1: Uh, my winner for most soul not annihilating reality variety or game show is is it Cake on Netflix. Mm, um, yes. Now, is it cake? Nowhere near exploitative as as Squid Game, the cha- the challenger reality competition. But I think is it cake? To me, is so soul annihilating because it truly lays bare the hollowness and artificiality of what we do in the entertainment industry and the way any premise, no matter how thin, uh, no matter how nothing. Can be taken and wrapped up with the accoutrement of entertainment until the point where it's difficult to tell what the difference is. Because is it cake truly just?
0: As someone, as someone in the industry, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my genre. <laughs> um, I gotta, I gotta say they, they. This was the 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 hot pursuit of alchemy. This is what every show is trying to do to find a way or every producer is trying to do find a way to take a tiktok video and make it into a full show and no one can do it except this show not i mean they did it well enough to get two seasons out of it which is saying something i mean i agree with all of your points but hey they did what everybody's trying to do they reached the summit of the world is falling apart nation.
1: Yeah, this um this reminds me of it 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 to me is the end point of a general meeting i had 12 uh n- 11 and a half years ago in which the development exec told me her boss uh was trying to make a movie called uh, something about being trolled or owned. It was like a Like, yeah, I remember
0: being in a meeting and hearing that someone was really like they were really jealous that someone else had gotten the rights or was doing something with that screaming orange.
1: Oh, yeah. I know the guy who worked on that feature film Um, made a feature uh, film. Yeah, Um, this this was like um, this. It was something like not mine, the troll, but it was it was a phrase, a popular phrase about trolling. And she was like, my boss really wants to make a movie called that. Uh, He doesn't have like an idea of what the movie is or what kind of movie it would be, but he really thinks. I just remember being like, wow, you know, before we used to come where it's like, oh, you get the stars and the director, but you don't even have a script. Now it's like we have one phrase and we're building it out from there. Uh, And is it cake feels like the end point of that where it is just simply, hey, is this cake?
0: People just Uh, loved those videos online and they're like. How do we make it a a thing that we can put commercials around?
1: Well, if they're looking for things, uh, uh, popular things online to base uh, media franchises off of, I have a little thing called pornography they might enjoy.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Our next award is streaming show that should be a network show with at least twice as many episodes. Mm -hmm. Will,
1: who's your winner? So- To me, there were a lot of great choices and this, uh, the winner was uh, 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 where I initially truly came to realize this, but there, there is a certain type of show that where you're just like, you know, you could make a hundred of these every year and it really wouldn't be much of a different experience because they're all kind
0: of the cake again.
1: uh, They're all kind of the same. I refuse. They're all kind of the same. (laughs) They each reach. Uh, different levels of of quality. Um, A lot of of runners up here for me. The first one only kind of runs up, which is uh, Amazon Prime's Invincible, which is an hour-long cartoon that has no business being uh, an hour-long each episode. It should be twice as many episodes that are 30 minutes each. It cannot sustain it. They clearly are doing it because they're making it on the cheap. They don't want to have to pay the voice actors any more than they have to. You can tell they're making it on the cheap because you look at the animation, you go, well, this didn't cost very much. Uh Amazon Primes, Reacher, another great candidate. You don't need every episode to be serialized. You could just have Reacher wandering around beating people up. Uh, he's the biggest guy in the world. Uh Yellowstone, they already started playing Yellowstone on CBS. Uh, and of course, Vikings Valhalla on Netflix. You can tell it would work because Vikings, normal edition, 20 episodes a season by the end. But to me, the winner Yeah, you know,
0: that's kind of true of uh Yellowstone, also, right? They have so many spin-offs at this point pretty much is 100 episodes
1: yeah just call it a you could just air them all together and be like flashback episode and it's (laughs) yellowstone 1982 or whatever but of course the winner to me is the winner because i sincerely mean it i would love at least double the amount of episodes we get each season and it also uh uh is would be appropriate giving what came before it uh, the winner for streaming show that should be a network show with at least twice as many episodes to me is Star Trek colon Brave New Worlds on Paramount+.
0: Huh,
1: Oh. Now I'm not a huge Star Trek guy. I have engaged no, you're with,
0: like medium height.
1: <laughs> um, But I'm quite slender. I me? have engaged with, uh, I love Rathacon. I've engaged with Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. There's some fun episodes of those. Return but to me- the Whales. Uh, yeah, the, the that yeah, that uh, that's a good movie, too. uh But uh, uh for me, Brave New Worlds is the perfect because it, it Discovery looks too expensive. And Star Trek is meant to look a little cheap. And Brave New Worlds does not look a little cheap, but it does not look hyper stylized and expensive the way Discovery does. In fact, I look it up and it's actually cheap. E- each episode is cheaper than a Discovery episode, mm-hmm. but it's a show where that already does the network thing where they will have a few plots. They kind of return to and you can tell which ones they're going to do because it opens with the previously on you're like, I remember that episode. It already does that. But each season is only ten episodes and it it truly feels like, boy, I don't know if this is problematic to say or not, but you're getting the shaft because you reach two seasons and you reach the end and you're like, what the fuck like I I only I I only get two goof around episodes and like, you know, I I, no it there should be more. It's not right for a Star Trek show to only have 10 episodes when it has returned to the original sort of like breezy and like good tone. and I mean, so, I got to
0: take your word for it on this one. My relationship with uh with Star Trek mirrors my relationship with X Men, where at some point there were just too many different titles that I was supposed to keep up with, and it it was impossible.
1: I would say so Brave, I have good
0: feelings about it, but I, I, I don't know.
1: I think Brave New World's a perfect jumping on point uh for people who are skeptical. You got um, you got f- some fun aliens. You got shows where I don't think a gun like is sexy firing- gas. Uh, I don't think there's sexy gas. Mm. There is a blind bug man. Ooh. Uh, uh, hot captain. You got a hot captain on this sure. one. Sure, got it. Uh, um, and uh, also, if you're a big fan, you got uh, uh some throwbacks. You got young Spock, young Uhura. Mm. Um, it fits in continuity, but you don't need to know continuity. And so, Eliza, we come over to you. <laughs> what is your winner for streaming show that should be a network show with at least twice as many episodes?
0: Easy peasy, uh, the pick everybody's picking, slow horses. Give me more slow horses. You know that I'm somebody who loves a simple, if not uh, goofy premise and show delivered by high quality performers. And that's kind of what we have with slow horses. I mean, it's you, you practically know what's going to happen in the same way you do with every. Um, Detective show every, or as I like to call them, the genre of wait, what's going on? Which <laughs> is my favorite. Um, and it's uh, uh, you got Gary Olman at the top of it, just slam dunking it, um, and looking disgusting. You know, he smells bad. He like, also,
1: his character farts a lot, doesn't he? Sure. Yeah. I think I read that about Slow Horses. He's like the farting spy.
0: Have you not watched Slow Horses?
1: No, I,
0: I mean, here's this, here's the goofy premise. It's a beloved goofy premise. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of uh, they're a ragtag group of M is M five. What's one of them a straight uh, and one of them is
1: five is domestic, six is international, I believe. So five, I think, is like M I M I five. Six is CIA. Y-
0: y- whatever. They're a ragtag group of spies, and they're so bad they don't even get to work in the main building they have to be in this weird bad house far away but they keep saving the day right it's great yeah you, you get into it you're gonna love it
1: is it it's so is it serialized or is it episode it is episodic? it's okay. serialized
0: but it's one of those things where each time the season ends you're like what no come on that feels like it's been like three episodes maybe. We could have done this eight more times. Oh, go, go around again. Go around again.
1: I think Big that's fan. what I think that's what's kind of kept me away from it is the serialization. But uh uh start yeah. uh, uh uh slow horses uh, uh uh a great winner It's no silo.
0: Me. Silo is like thick serialization yes. where you miss like a few minute, minutes of an episode and you're like wait, what's going on? And what era are we in? Is this the past? It's very confusing. Slow horses, uh, you're good.
1: What's, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, what's that Asimov show? Foundation. Jesus Christ. Um, And now we move into a special subcategory in which each of us has a, a couple awards we'd, we'd like to give out on our own. These are
0: Will's awards.
1: These are the solo awards, the solo will awards, mm-hmm. the uh the willsies, as I call them, because yeah. I'm Australian now. And I'd like to start with an award for the movie I was most embarrassed to log on my letterboxed first time watches in 2023 list. And the nominees are Snow White, Colonel Deadly Summer. Darker Shades of Summer. Hooking up Lacey, colon, rise number two, the top, and dirty dealing 3D. And the winner is Lacey, colon, rise number two, the top. Now, in case I suspect people may suspect, all of these films I watched on 2BTV.com or 2B.TV, I don't know the website address anymore. I Use it so much that I type the letter T and uh, the browser fills in the rest for me. But all of these movies nestle into a a special little subgenre for me of. Slight chance, a hidden bad gem, but most likely softcore pornography, and (laughs) these all fell to a varying degree towards the softcore pornography side and Lacey Colin rise to the top fell extremely to i would say it did not <laughs> fall to that side so much as it bought a uh it bought a jet and flew private to that end of the spectrum but uh, you
0: still put it on your letterboxed.
1: i am about radical transparency eliza wow. <laughs> i try to log everything except for some reason the good movies because i was looking at the list again i was like Wait a second! I didn't add things like "Killers of the Flower Moon" to this list. <laughs> Just it's all about punishment with you. Yeah, it's like the garbage. It's stuff I think is funny. Um, and and uh, uh and there are also three types. Um, so Dirty Dealing three D was a a film uh, that stars Ariana from Vanderpump Rules. That's why I watched it. Um, Snow White a Deadly Summer. It's A classic, uh, quote unquote, horror movie where the people just wander around in the woods because it's free to shoot in the woods. Uh, As they say on Red Letter Media, it's free to shoot in the woods. And that's what (laughs) most Tubi movies are. It's people wandering around in the woods until an out of shape guy in a cheap rubber mask shows up and stabs CGI blood out of them. Uh, Darker (laughs) Shades of Summer was a low budget attempt at an erotic thriller I'd give them credit, except I don't really think they put much credit into it. Hooking Up, I don't even remember. It just, I looked at the list and I was like, ooh. Uh, But Lacey, Rise, number two, The Tomp, is just, it's all the home, it's an ambitious, it's a film with ambition, sort of. It's about a musical pop group uh, reaching the top of the charts, but because it was made for nothing, all of the music scenes are the three women from the girl group uh, performing on what looks to be the stage at the back of three clubs on Vine Street. Uh, no shots of the crowd. Don't even bother to make it sound like there's a big audience. It's humiliating for everyone involved, me especially. So the winner for mo- movie, I was the most embarrassed to log onto my letterbox first time watches in 2023 list is Lacey, Rise to the Top.
0: Um, have you ever seen Creep or heard of Creep?
1: The, um, the with the, Mark Duplass? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw Creep.
0: Just seems like the ultimate uh, guy in a rubber mask
1: coming out of the woods. Yeah, but it's like about that. Like he is just, it's like, yeah, that, yeah. It's like the real life version of these movies. Yeah. Or it's like, help, I'm being chased by Winnie the Pooh and Piglet trying to kill me. And it's (laughs) like, they don't even have mittens on. It's, it's, (laughs) It's human arms and hands. That makes it scarier. Dude, and Piglet, just as tall as the guy playing Winnie the Pooh. So aggravating. I mean, as long as he's slimmer, no, (laughs) no, no. I'm very proud of the fact that when I saw that movie and that movie got attention because of its stupid premise, I immediately was like, I've seen every one of these horror movies that this production company has made. Here's exactly the plot. And I fucking nailed almost every single beat six months before the movie came out. My second award is for the best show I only saw bits and pieces of while my wife had it on. And the nominees are, oh, I forgot a fifth nominee. The nominees are, the real definitely House- no one is counting. <laughs> it's gonna bother me for a couple weeks. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Only Murders in the Building, A Murder at the End of the World, and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And the award goes to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City.
0: I've heard so much about it. Uh, I It was described to me by someone who also never watched it, but the description that she got was so good, she wanted to pass it on. So it's kind of becoming like urban legend folklore at this
1: point. So the last season was uh, considered a down season. I've seen the first two seasons. Um, this was season four. And I really only caught bits, small bits and pieces until the end when one of the biggest plot twists in reality show television history occurs, which I won't ruin for anyone listening, although I feel like anyone who would ever be compelled to watch has already seen what happens. But it's a humdinger. And it also is, I I just I think uh, Salt Lake City has personalities that are are. Personalities I enjoy, but are not too uh, are not too um, problematic because a thing about the Real Housewives franchise, you have to understand at some point, one of those women is going to jail. And the one who went to jail from Salt Lake City did some bad crimes, uh, defrauded the elderly in like a telemarketing scam. Yeah, she got like a seven year jail sentence. Um. It's also an important reminder, though, these shows are an important reminder that uh, all rich people are always doing something illegal at all times. That's a part of being rich. Yes. Yeah. For sure. But that's
0: how you maintain.
1: Yeah. And this show has a, a core cast of, there's this sort of pathetic one, Sometimes she is speaking and her speech is so slurred that you're like, how is no one saying anything? And then there's the uh, youngest one who kind of seems above everything, but also is like clearly also traumatized from her Mormonism. But uh, she also really seems to uh every one of these has one where you're like, they actually do. She and her husband actually do seem to be pretty in love. Uh, in fact, they had a quasi almost they had like a weird like foreplay scene in season two I think that was like so kind of graphic they said that the husband lost his job over it um but uh, those are the core four they added two cast members So
0: reality show sex scenes or like any kind of close to sex scenes are so uncomfortable um Again, I think it kind of loops back to that whole game show problem I have also where I'm like, you're doing this for real? Are you getting paid or is this just for like, hopefully you're going to book some cameos off of it? Like, why?
1: That's why the best game shows to me are Japanese because they have mastered the art of seemingly just doing it to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, like Takeshi's Castle, Amazon put out a new season like 20 years after the original and it's the basis for that Spike TV show. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like, you know, there's like a a Japanese person is like released into a mud pit and they have to try to catch like a soccer ball that's been launched 80 feet in the air and you watch it and you're like uh, you're like just culturally these people have like mastered the art of doing this with a playful spirit. But at the end, you're very rarely like, oh, you have no dignity. Whereas Americans are so desperate and always have such an emphasis on like winning
0: well, we've also we have to win because our shows, again, they've gotten so manipulative because so they all have these packages where it's like, wow, well why are you playing? Well, my grandma has eyeball cancer um, and it's eating her whole body. And um, I just wanted her to see me do this first um, and maybe use the money to put her out of her misery a little bit like yeah to get you invested because you're not. They 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 have to manipulate you. They're not. Yeah. They don't trust. that the audience is going to care enough just seeing something some game happen.
1: I w- uh, I will say my favorite thing that would happen on Chopped is when it'd be like the final two and they'd be like, "Why do you want to? Well, what are you going to do with the money if you win?" The guy's like, "My wife is sick," and I just really. And then they ask the other guy, "What are you going to do with?" It? And he's like, "I don't know, take a trip." And then the guy who's going to take a trip wins. That's always. <laughs> um. Uh. Also the other. Also the so. One, there's this show. Are you the one I used to watch a lot of? And yeah, occasionally it's all young people and they get so drunk and occasionally they go to like the singles room, like Mm -hmm. the solo room and have sex. Yeah. yeah. And there's one where the two of them are having sex and the guy goes, yeah, who's the king? And I just remember being like, if I ever if I am ever confronted with the sight and sounds of me having sex when I'm not aware, of a camera. So it's just They know, right. They're not like surprised, but it's like there's at that point, they're so drunk. And so in the moment, they're not thinking about it. And um, the other thing, too, is I'll say I've also watched I watch Norwegian reality show like uh, Scandinavian reality shows and South American reality shows. And like Uh those shows are graphic. It's fucking insane how graphic those shows can get.
0: I mean, we finally got uh, Naked Attraction over here years and years after it had already been playing in in England. And that's England, not Norway. (laughs) Eyebrows,
1: eyebrows, eyebrows. So that is the end of the Willsies. We will, of course, have the Skinner boxes in the future coming up. (laughs) Uh, But first, we return to group awards. And uh, Eliza, would you like to start us off? Yes,
0: the best movie seen in theaters, twenty twenty three. My winner, Evil Dead Rise. Congratulations, Evil Dead Rise. Did you see it?
1: You're to receive the award for Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> did Did you see oh, wow. Evil Dead Rise? Uh, I did. I thought it was okay. Oh, uh,
0: I was real. I I was so excited that it, I felt like we were getting back to high quality horror.
1: Yeah, it um, it's funny because I you told me how much you loved it. And, oh, uh, I
0: oversold it probably.
1: Well, no, somebody else told me how much they hated it and thought it looked All like right. shit. They were like, okay. it looks like digital garbage because he and I are always talking about our problems with like, digital is fine if people just- See, dra-
0: That was me. my problem with Drag Me to Hell. I was like, this feels like a video game. It's so digital.
1: Oh. Interesting. Um, Yeah, for me, um, I didn't have the extreme reaction of uh, either of you. Yeah, I appreciated the extreme violence. Um, uh, I was a little annoyed by the cabin uh, bookends because it's just like, come on. Oh, yeah, I like, liked
0: it because I had forgotten about the first one until right before the second one. I was like, hey, whatever happened to that cabin thing? And then, oh, there you go. I will say that this category for me suffered a little bit by... F- from the fact that I did not see many movies in the theater. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like for realistic choices down to Priscilla or this. And Priscilla was just Sofia Coppola doing Sofia Coppola. Like she she is such a genre of um, uh, pretty girl in bed, pretty, pretty sad girl in bed is yeah. a Sofia Cop- Coppola movie.
1: Yeah. Um... And I mean, look, it's also fun to see uh, it's fun to see, uh, uh, you know, watching it. I was like, I did uh, I did really enjoy um, uh, uh, the graphic violence. I was like, okay, this is pretty fun. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I think the the main thing is I'm looking forward to them letting go of more of the evil dead, Mm. Uh, uh, like the qualities you associate with evil dead, like it, it, you know, being demonic in the, possession. No, it's in the apartment building. I'm like, I wish it had dealt more with this happening in a full apartment building a little bit, like hmm. having, I don't know, other people involved or just, um, but uh, yeah, I did, uh, I did like it. And it, I also watched it at two in the afternoon uh, in my living room. So it was not, yeah, you yeah, had a much. Uh,
0: what was your best movie scene in theaters?
1: So my award for best movie, Seen in theaters goes to this year goes to Old Boy, ladies and gentlemen. Old Boy, uh, uh, Old Boy is I not your TV to award.
0: It took us this long for Old Boy to get mentioned in this. I suppose we were doing a lot of TV, but
1: it, um, you know, it it. I was just excited to see it in the the theater. It had been I'd been complaining about how my, the only way you could watch it, it was not even for rent anywhere. The only mm-hmm. way I could watch it is by using my old. Um, uh, uh, extreme cinema <laughs> DVD that came out in like 2006. And it just looks crap, you know, DVDs don't look great. And this, I was just excited to see the remaster, but it turns out Neon also brand new translation, top to bottom. Uh, and I I was like, I think this is a new translation. And then there's a point in the movie where uh, very famously in the original translation, uh, he encounters some street toughs and one of them calls him a dick shit. And he goes, ah, dick shit, a new swear word. And it was like a ha like big joke uh, of fans of, of the movie. In this one, the street tough calls him a fucktard. Something that's not super popular, but like certainly is a thing I've heard people say. And I was like, oh my God, this is a new translation. New translation is great. Uh, each it, it's the rare translation where you're like, oh, you can kind of like, you can kind of tell who's talking based on. The, like, that's how carefully they did it, where it like sounds mm-hmm. like speech as opposed to just like, here's what's going on. Um, And it was a great experience. I saw it right before uh, uh this run ended because they put it back into theaters. But I got to say a couple of real close runners up uh, killers of the flower moon, um, which I was so nervous about the runtime. I smuggled a whole Jersey Mike's sub in with me
0: just for I- comfort. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I just held it. Um <laughs> and also the other one, uh, Godzilla Minus mm. One, a movie I genuinely cried during, uh, because of uh, you know, when you're a month into just such a, uh an unbelievably uh, uh uh upsetting uh uh massacre in a tiny piece of land and watching so many people you know defend it. Uh, And feeling insane about it to just have a movie, have characters in a movie, uh, a a movie stress the importance of like living and also have a character uh, look at another character who is angry that they are not being taken to war. Look at him, put his hand on his shoulder and go, uh, uh, you, um. Having not been to war is something to be proud of. Wow, it really, really, really bothered me. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, that's and that's getting back to uh, the origins of um, of Godzilla. You know, uh, it came out of a world war and it touched your burgeoning on world war heart.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I, it- uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Was it? Is it related to Monarch?
1: No, it's Jap it's straight up Japanese. Oh, okay. It's all it's um it it's I think it's called minus one because it's essentially the first it's like a remake of like the first Godzilla. Uh but
0: it's kind of weird in Monarch. I'm not completely up to date, but they have sort of indicated that it's like Godzilla is not the bad guy. Like really Godzilla's protecting us. Which,
1: which have you seen like- them? Have you seen the movies?
0: Yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah. which movies? Like I've seen the ones more in my lifetime than the originals.
1: Yeah, the ones that Monarch is a part of the same franchise as Godzilla is very much uh, a good guy. Hmm. Um, In the sense of, I mean, he's kind of a force, but he's like kind of the protector. Like he fights the other alpha super cryptids or whatever the fuck they're called. Well, in
0: this it's not like he's protecting the cities at all, he's protecting the world that they came from and like trying to keep the worlds divided. Uh, yes. Like monsters and monster land, people and people land, let's not get it twisted.
1: Yeah, this is this is why I don't, I liked the first Godzilla movie and all the stuff afterwards, I'm like, God, they just added so much shit. It's just like, it just like overcomplicates it in a way that I don't. Well, yeah, because
0: I think did. a lot of people want it to be like, need it to be a metaphor for something or more meaningful. And it's like, it already is. Just do the thing.
1: Yeah. Also, like, the first new Godzilla from, like, 2013 or whatever, it's just a movie about fucking Godzilla fighting Mothra and Gamma. I don't know the other one. But, like, and it's it's okay that that movie just fucking rocks when they're fighting. Like, it just, like, whips ass when you're like especially when you're like in the theater there's one sequence in it where they do like a halo jump and it's from one of the characters pov as they're diving into the city as godzilla and the other two monsters are fighting and all he can hear is his own breathing in like his breathing apparatus but you can see them as he's coming down in like the lightning you're getting flashes of the two monsters fighting directly in front of him and that part's great and then also later when the fucking when his nuclear breath charges up and you just hear, you like hear the noise and then see in the shadows, his like the spines on his back lighting up. And you're just like, I don't care how boring Aaron Taylor Johnson's character was prior to this. <laughs> this just like kicks an insane amount of ass mm-hmm. and Godzilla minus one. I like the whole movie. I It's a great movie uh, that I did find genuinely very moving, but then also like, you know, when you hear the like, bump, bump, it, it, that too, you're like, this is the best shit on earth. Like, this is <laughs> as, as moving and like powerful as a movie can be. This also is just like the, the best shit to sit and experience.
0: Uh, our next category is best movie watched at home. The, so what's your winner?
1: Uh, So, my award for best movie watched at home goes to. To Live and Die in L.A. Okay. <laughs> Why? The award for To Live and Die in L.A. will be accepted oh by Will Weldon. I got it. I got the blue. This is another movie that was nowhere. Like the mm-hmm. only place to watch it was like, uh, uh it, it, like somebody uploaded it to the internet archive. Or if you had a copy of the DVD that came out so long ago, I remember when it came out when I was working at Blockbuster. But, I think over this like in June it got a new like remaster and they put it out HD and on Blu-ray and uh, uh Jess got it for me for Christmas and it just is like it it is a little more common to shoot parts shoot in parts of LA that are less shot in now but like in the 80s nobody ever shot the industrial parts of LA and it looks great and freaking uses a lot of different color schemes throughout the movie and It's soundtrack is by Wang Chung and the soundtrack is (laughs) incredible. Uh, It got me into Wang Chung. God help me. And also it is like, it's just a like genre movie, but it, I, the ending I found extremely moving. So it really like affected me emotionally because fundamentally the movie is about stupid, pathetic men. And it, it just is that, 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 type of guy in a movie just really gets under my skin and you spend three quarters of the movie being like, I'm sorry, these are the worst fucking secret service agents in the fucking universe. And then the last quarter you're like, Oh, okay. The movie is, has been aware the entire time that these are the worst fucking secret service agents in the world.
0: I I have a bone to pick with the, uh, it's just a genre movie. I don't understand why genre movies are kind of like, looked down on or lesser than I, I feel like if we, if we counted a historical reenactment as a genre movie, then all of the big time, always nominated movies would be considered genre films.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: I like a genre movie.
1: I love genre movies. Uh, it, um, but like, and I mean, a lot. but it, it, to me, when I say like just a genre film, I mean, it is like it is just a cop movie. Like there mm. is no, there is nothing larger to, yes, commentary than just like William freaking liked the book and was like, I'm gonna make a fucking this fucking movie about this dumbass Secret Service agent trying to get revenge against mm-hmm. a, a counterfeiter. And I mean, it looks great and like they they got they consulted with real counterfeiters because William Defoe is a counterfeiter. And then you see the process of counterfeiting money, and they're like, this looks so real because we just had a counterfeiter come and make us some counterfeit money essentially yeah Mm -hmm. um but i just like loved it and uh jess could not have i mean she could have been more bored because she did really like the soundtrack uh but great performances uh the 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 nervous uh cop partner is played by the friend from mad about you uh you know just like Mm -hmm. early willem defoe uh uh (laughs) william l peterson uh and then my runner-up for best movie the only other truly the only other movie i like really and I'm sure I'll forget, feel like an idiot when I remember a bunch of stuff. But the only other one I really thought of was Barbarian. because huh. uh, Barbarian, I, I enjoy the experience of having a movie hyped up too much and then watching it and being <laughs> See, like, I hate Oh,
0: that. <laughs> I
1: wasn't I wasn't disappointed at all. Like people went overboard and then I watched it and I was like, No, oh, you know what? I, I agree with them.
0: Yeah, I had the opposite where people went overboard and I watched it and I was like, I mean, okay. Yeah. What part was supposed to like blow my brains out the back of my head?
1: And that's a, that's a movie too. I would describe as one of the things I liked about it is like it was just a horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. sure, it it touches on like gentrification.
0: Well, but- and yeah, and like
1: m- movie making and Hollywood. Yeah. And-, and, and but like so kind of minorly, and in a way where it's like the movie's not really about. At the end of the day, the movie is about the fucking grotesque, grotesque monster and like that
0: is a grotesque woman's body. That's another thing. I, I last year we had a bunch of horror movies where the monster was an old woman with an old woman body, which like wow. Thanks. <laughs> like that's just what happens to us if we don't die. Was, um, was she old? Yeah, she was like a decrepit uh, un- underground dwelling wrinkly old lady.
1: So I I she I Cause I saw that and I was thinking about the timelines. I think she would be like in her forties, or I don't know. It's a fictional character. Um, it's a fictional monster woman. Um, but yes, it is like a big uh, sort of drooping. Uh, it's tough. It's uh Ellie Valley. Do you know Ellie Valley? He's a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. He's talked about that. He does like really grotesque characters of people. Mm-hmm. And the thing he's talked about is he always tries to be like extremely mindful of. Trying to make it seem like the grotesquerie is not like somebody being like overweight or old, or he just tries to take their actual physical characteristics and uh, exaggerate everything to sort of like grotesque proportions. I think he's pretty successful. Um, My winner, <laughs> yes, oh, right. right. I went first. Okay, right. I went first.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I, is uh, your winner easy peasy? May December, loved it. Netflix snapped it up and distributed it, so I watched it at home
1: uh accepting the award for me <laughs> <December, it'll be laughs> Charles Milton uh I oh you know what I should have put that in under best movie scene in theaters um it's too late for that uh yeah. what why, why don't you uh I- I extrapolate on specifically the the watching at home experience of May December
0: uh, I watched it and then I almost immediately watched it again mm-hmm. um which I. Don't you know you, you gotta be at home to do it. Um, I guess you could stay in a movie theater. I don't. Know. I can't. I I can't do double features. You
1: gotta go. You gotta go theater. hide while they clean the theater, though.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I I I loved it, and I also was probably furiously tweeting during it. Like, are you guys seeing this? It's so great. Um, but yeah, the other movie that I watched and then immediately watched a second time was uh florida project which i also loved yeah and this brings us to the skinner box Uh, the skinner
1: boxes ladies and gentlemen here to present the skinner boxes is singer actor philanthropist entrepreneur Comedian. I was trying to oh, wow! A, I was wow! Trying to think, it
0: took you a long time to remember. I'm a comedian. <laughs> I was trying to think of Jesus. another. I was trying
1: to think of another fake one, and then I was like, "Well, it's been long enough. Ugh. I put another one."
0: i don't, the other ones are real.
1: Entrepreneurs.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I guess not.
1: Um. Uh, provocateur. Uh, okay. writer. Sure. A uh, woman about town.
0: Hey. Fancy
1: pants. <laughs> pilot. Come on. Uh. <laughs> um uh, 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 dog owner, Eliza Skinner, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yay, me! Okay, the first Skinner Box Award um, is for TV show, Missed During the Strikes. Um, And the nominees were uh, The Drew Barrymore Show, The View, American Horror Story, and Severance. Um, But the winner is Law and Order SVU. Um, because of the strikes, there is no, there still has not been any law and order, and the hole that it has left is felt very, very distinctly in this house. Also, I feel like like one of my crackpot theories is that one of the reasons people are so much more invested in uh, the current um, conflict in the Middle East. I'm. I can't keep up with what exact words we're supposed to use for it, and you know what what verbiage is uh is appropriate. But you know, obviously, we've been getting more aware about things over the past few years, and um, we have our own stake in this stuff in the Middle East, uh, with our tax dollars going towards it. But I also think. Without new fall shows to keep our brains busy, we're paying more attention to what's going on in the in the world. I think if there was if we had had new fall shows, it would not be as big of a thing um, culturally as it is. So, <laughs> hey, the strike did something else good.
1: Accepting the award on Law and Order SVU's behalf is an unbelievably easy to anger police officer
0: uh the next award is most surprisingly good movie and the winner is saw 10 that's right saw 10 i had never seen another saw movie so i went into it real blind um but uh yeah, I, I was happy with the experience. I was like, wow, I thought I was going to really hate this and have to hold my eyelids open to watch the entire thing. I liked it.
1: You've never seen any of the other Saw movies?
0: Never seen any of the other Saw movies. Just wow. 10. Just the one. And I, I'm i assuming he does. they don't do this in all of the other ones because I did watch some clips afterwards. Um, but this is the one where it's like he's dying.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he needs to like... He, he he's trying to uh, uh save himself and then finds out that he's gotten swindled so it's like wow,
1: yeah he, he goes do to do like uh alternative medicine in like mm-hmm. south america yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so, norm there a lot of them are just trap delivery systems mm-hmm. um and uh uh i just i watched it only a few weeks ago and i uh uh your your impulse i would say is correct i would say other people disagree I think Han is the best of all of them hmm. which is a pretty startling get thing to do. you
0: don't often get the 10th movie in a in a uh, a
1: franchise as say, the best one I'd say that's never happened before <laughs> <laughs> uh, the closest I can think of is I is um I uh, uh I mean some people are actually fond of uh, Friday the 13th 10, because it's the goofy one, in, the hyper-goofy one in space. Mm-hmm. But I think Friday the 13th 6 is generally regarded as the best one. Uh, yeah. And for a lot of people, a lot of people regard it as the first or only good Friday the 13th movie is 6. But yeah, Saw Saw 10 is like the... Is only a few of them feel like real movies. And uh, Saw 10, I remember watching and being like, oh my God, there's a build-up. And like... Yeah. <laughs> Characters and, like, this is incredible. Like,
0: it's a movie where I'll be, you know, brushing my teeth or washing the dishes or something, and I'll start thinking about some aspect of it. And I'm like, what movie was this? Oh, wait, Saw 10? I'm i I'm going over aspects of Saw 10 in, in my free time with my brain. But it's that I am.
1: I think it's the only one with a positive Rotten Tomatoes score.
0: Wow. Wow. And it's the only one that has, it's one of the few movies that has inspired you to cite Rotten Tomatoes. It's true. You notably um, hate Rotten to- Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Um, yeah, it is funny the the one kid the woman who plays as assistant. It's funny seeing her back. Yeah. And being like, okay, I know the time frame when this is supposed to take place. And like, I'm I'm glad they didn't do anything. Like, I don't want to see them try any de-aging shit. I'd rather it just be a thing of like, uh huh. It's funny that she is visibly 15 years older than she was when uh, uh she left the franchise. Uh, um and, and that, now, thus ends the Skinner boxes, ladies yes. and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, Daredevil, Rocketeer, oh Bungee Jumper, Fire Breather, Eliza Skinner, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now we come to what I like to call the end boss awards. Uh, we come upon our final, uh, final awards, which cover maybe broader can cover, maybe broader trends, or I don't need an explanation. I don't need to give you freaks an explanation. Um, you've made it this far. You'll finish it. Uh, you'll take whatever slop we put in the fucking trough of this show. So, So ladies and gentlemen, the first of the end boss awards is the award for the quote not for me, but you kids have fun, 2023 award. Our first presenter is Eliza Skinner.
0: Um, And I would like to present this award to Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, this movie, I thought, has been coming out for the last <laughs> decade or so. It turned out that partly it was a, a a video game. It's one of the things, one of the cultural things that has made me feel a hundred million years old because it's something that I thought I should know about. Like, I, yeah, the animatronics, this stuff, but then, yeah, I watched it and was like, uh, okay. You know what? This is, this would be exciting if I was a young person. That's who this is for. It's not for me. So.
1: Yeah. It, um, a part of the reason you thought that is because it's been in like, uh, rights hell. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just been in like turnover and they've been trying to make it for, I think a decade. And the other reason you thought it had come already come out is that because it was in right's hell and took so long to come out, uh, like five knockoffs have come out during that span of time, uh, a varying quality. Um, none of which I would put it probably over a five out of 10, but, uh, uh, so the winner for the quote, not for me, but you kids have fun 2023 award as decided by the Eliza Skinner committee is Five Nights at Freddy's. And And who is
0: your winner?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Will Weldon, not for me, but you kids have fun 2023 award, goes to Barbenheimer, the concept of Barbenheimer. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That to me was a joke that was funny halfway through the first time I heard it. And by the time it had gotten its own Wikipedia entry, I was like no wonder you dullards keep clapping at the no- Nicole Kidman AMC ad before every movie you're all witless uh 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 um uh, just unable to find a thing to be fun about uncreative uh I hated it I hated it <laughs> not not funny uh, it, it kind of like like to me a bit of an interesting it 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 from like a I was like it's kind of an interesting marketing trend, Um, but then I was like, but I refuse to be entranced by marketing. I yeah, it's
0: like getting into the uh the like like taking the the Burger King Kids Club really seriously and being like I am I am super into this. Like it's just it's just a a big marketing thing.
1: I you're just getting
0: excited to buy something.
1: I stopped walking around with. Uh, 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 slogans and, and logos and shit like that on my clothing at the age of probably 20. And with God as my witness, I will never go back. And thus,
0: well, now you're making me feel very self-conscious about my seafood tower
1: sweatshirt. Right. But that's an object. That's just like a thing, isn't it?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm very much in favor of,
1: the thing and but i that's am not promoting a... the
0: concept of a seafood tower
1: right, <laughs> right. i'm not opposed to <laughs> <laughs> like i see with a uh, i see a somebody with like a dog on their sweater i'm like oh, <laughs> like,
0: oh thanks big, big dog, dog.
1: <laughs> oh, unless it think... is a
0: big dog shirt yes think for yourself <laughs> um
1: uh, Hitsum,
0: uh okay.
1: yeah i uh just not and like barbenheimer like oh it rolls off the tongue doesn't it just no part of it to Well, again
0: is- i don't even i don't like any kind of double feature it's just too much movie for me really yeah that's too much movie for me i I, I need to i want to think about the that movie walk around a little bit like a like a a film festival type situation mm-hmm. where you're like seeing a movie you're taking a break you're seeing a movie you're taking a break that's different but a double feature. That's just that's just too much movie.
1: Um. So uh, with Oppenheimer, isn't it like eight hours long? It's three hours long. Yeah. Um. And Barbie, I think, is over too as well. It it would have been uh, it would have been bad to not have uh, all that time to to mull over what a huge piece of shit uh, was after we went to the premiere.
0: Hey. <laughs> what you got free? drinks or something maybe past apps that was was a cool premiere do you remember they had the weird live actors acting like they were like smashed corpses
1: yeah i loved the full experience everything up until the start of the movie including (laughs) standing there and being like yeah i'm really happy to present this and being like oh this is gonna be bad She's got that look in her eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And then
1: afterwards, uh, looking into the like VIP pool area. Yeah, where
0: they all had (laughs) huge vats of paella. That's the weirdest party food I've ever seen. Just giant like gaping holes full of... Paella. Yeah, I can't imagine it being appetizing to anyone. Yeah, and they were like kind of all sitting around. It was very. It's a weird party food. Everybody's for, like, favorite kind of a food, party
1: Greek salads. So enjoy, guys.
0: Yeah, real weird. Um, but uh, yeah.
1: Um. Well, so the what, final
0: award. Yeah,
1: I mean, I do. I guess we should. do What about two movies you've seen before? What do you mean? Like a rep double feature
0: oh it's tough it's tough like look when um when uh uh uh, Cronenberg they were doing like this whole Cronenberg series at Beyond Fest one year Mm -hmm. and I love Cronenberg and they were really great double features like I think they did um uh uh, Videodrome and Existence which is like a really appropriate pairing um and they did they did the fly paired with something else they showed dead ringers on its own but those double features I got tickets to and even those movies I love after the first one I was like I I can't I can't sit through a second one it's just yeah it's weird I just get get too exhausted um it feels like Uh one of those things where like if I was into drugs maybe I would enjoy it
1: yeah, I'm not sure why I'm pushing this so hard. I feel like I'm sitting here wearing a T-shirt that says double feature on it.
0: I mean, I'll I'll double feature it up at home, but yes. I can also stop, walk around, go to the bathroom, get a snack. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just too much. I, and you know what? It's also because movie theaters are so dark and if you're going to see a double feature, often the first one you're seeing, it's not dark out yet. Because I'm not, you know, unless it's like some sort of midnight movie. Kind of thing, yeah. Um, and just that much time in the dark. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, our final award for this year's Goaties is the award for a TV show trend that should return. It's the Betty White "What the World We Needs Now" award for something that isn't here but should be.
1: Eliza, would you like to present yours first?
0: Sure. First, I will present. Uh, I will. Uh, mentioned an honorable mention. Network miniseries played over a week. I don't think it'll ever come back. It's just impossible for it to. But I do miss the time where some sort of just storytelling thing was the water cooler thing and it was paced out for everybody. No, you couldn't binge it. We're all watching the same bit at the same time. um But it takes place over such a short time, like if it's all happening in one week. That, yeah, it just kind of colors that week, as opposed to like a succession where you're you're talking about it each each Monday or something. Yeah. Um, I rewatched uh, Tenth Kingdom, which was one of the last miniseries that was uh, played that way here in America um, at recently, and it was it was real fun. I was like, wow, we used to just let people do weirdo fantasy shit and put it on TV. That's fun for grownups. They, they, Fantasy for grownups.
1: Is that how they did the stand? The first uh, version of the yeah, stand? yeah. Okay, the yeah. one
0: with uh, um, Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gary Sinise. But the winner.
1: There can only be one, ladies and gentlemen. The actual
0: winner is funny live action comedies. I, <laughs> I, I like a dramedy. I like genre mixing i like a funny adult animated show but i do miss funny live action tv comedies where like it's comedy forward i feel like we're not doing a lot of those anymore
1: well this has been um i think a bit of a hot topic in the wake of uh the the bear uh cleaning up for mm-hmm. the comedy category at the emmys um yeah. I See, feel like- they
0: should have their awards done like ours. Like if they had just made an award like TV show we all love, just <laughs> give it to the bear. Nobody's gonna. Uh, don't to say boo about it. Yeah,
1: comedy frequently just means thirty minutes long. Mm. Um, and uh, my friend, my wife's best friend, uh, writes for the bear. So I'd like to emphasize, I enjoy the bear. I it's
0: like a great the- show.
1: Um, I uh. The whole first season, uh, one morning. Um, we watched a couple of the early episodes of the second season, uh, mm-hmm. with her brother and uh, her parents there. Mm-hmm. It was after a family dinner, and uh, her dad shushed me for making too many jokes. So proud father, yeah, um, dude. I could be saying to be shushed a little more often if you're <laughs> being honest. My award for the TV show trend that should return brackets the quote Betty White. What the world needs now, end quote, end bracket. Oh, oh no, the award was in there. Uh, goes to something I'm realizing I kind of already said, but that to me is the 20 episode season of television. I would like more shows to go back to just having a couple duds in the middle of the. Year. <laughs> <laughs> a part of it is selfish, uh, it's a business mm-hmm. thing, it's uh, better for for writers when that's uh, that's mm-hmm. the case but also look you know
0: some- i think that it goes hand in hand with my win also cuz i feel like back when we were when we had sitcom heavy tv that's what we would get yeah we, you'd get 20 episodes you'd get like some weird bottle episodes a couple flashback
1: episodes yeah, like shit. Like it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy. This episode will be about this guy from mm-hmm. back then because I don't fucking know what to do. Uh, yeah, I just like, you know, I, I I think like no shows like no twenty episode season shows like Lost. Uh, but like just like just like shows, man. You know, uh, my wife and her her friend or friends are are really into nine one one just because they're like you know. You put it on and you look away and you realize it's been an episode and a half and you come back and immediately you're back in. Like there's no what happened. And it also is just you you even if you've already watched it, you're like, I don't know, I just gotta put something on. And and you look at you look at the show and you're like, well, I'm not running out of episodes, man. Like it it I think some shows. Are just not meant to be that great. And it's okay to accept that. And I think that's one of the, their, their good qualities is that you don't, you don't have to worry. I, I think really prestige and really quality things can also have a stressful element to it, a pressure to watch it or like a, a pressure to think about it or have an analysis or be like inundated with takes. It's and- like
0: like the, all those articles a few years ago, that's like about how there was too much TV there were too many different shows to watch.
1: It was like there's yeah. 500 different
0: shows or something.
1: Yeah, and and I guess I'm kind of arguing that I don't necessarily agree, but I think there can be too much of a certain kind of television.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yes. Rather than having 500 different shows, 300, but there's more of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and they yeah, and they they you know yeah they run for a long time and you miss five episodes and you put it on and you're like, I know what's going on. Fucking Peter Krause is upset. Cause his family died in a fire. Like, what am I, I need to, <laughs> you know, four and then four seasons in. And then it gets to a point where shows run long enough. You're like, is this one of the episodes where he's upset about them dying? Or is this one of the ones where he's moved on? Cause there's one episode where he moves on.
0: You know, it, it also, this also shakes hands with my, uh, my SVU award. Um, and, my mention of how not having SVU around has truly rocked America's conception of the world. Yeah, uh, we, we're used to having the in the background TV.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's that's okay to be, you know, that's essentially what every podcast ever made is is in yes. the background. You're asleep
0: right now, listening yeah. to this. You um, listen to it to go to bed.
1: Yeah. Uh well. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the 20-episode season. Here to accept the award on its behalf is the 10-episode season. Oh, oh no!
0: Wow, this oh, is awkward.
1: No. Oh boy, <laughs> this is worse than the Moonlight La La Land. Uh, uh, Ten-episode season is just giving us dirty looks. We should probably uh, call it uh, call it a year, folks. But there's been a, a lot—a year of great entertainment. A lot of great, a year of great vibes, a year of great world events. Just a, a 10 out of 10 year, 2023, I think we'd all rate it.
0: Yeah, everyone loved it. Uh, My dog is farting on me big time.
1: <laughs> so thanks again for listening to the Goaties uh, the ninth annual join us next year for the 10th annual with special host Ricky Gervais oh wow he's back oh no <laughs> rate and review the podcast please remember to rate and review because we forget to say on all the platforms thank you and good night bye bye angry little goats we're watching movies
0: now we kind of broke our brains
1: so we're just watching movies now